Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. On this week's hot take, we are talking about QAnon. I am joined by Abby Richards. We are going to explore what Q is and how it has infiltrated the wellness space. We're going to get a little bit into how to stay safe and smart when you're exploring spiritual content online. And even towards the end of the episode, I explore how to talk to people who are maybe getting caught up in conspiracy theory stuff, how to know if you're getting caught up in conspiracy theory stuff in a way that is harmful to you or others. I think this is a pretty important topic and an important episode, and I hope you do too. My name is Abby Richards. I am currently a student in the Netherlands, but I am from the U.S. I do science communication online, mainly in short form video content. So I do a lot of like TikToks uh, and I talk about conspiracy theories and disinformation and climate change. It's so important for me as a person who's an astrologer and has a spiritual wellness podcast to talk about this because... Q has really, and conspiracy theories, and the wellness world has really smooshed together. So here's the thing, Q, Q and on. For Q, is there a sense of like, is Q supposed to be a person? Is, uh, is there like a start date for Q? Let's, let's learn about like, what is Q? Right. Okay. So Q started on 4chan. Back in, honestly, it really starts with like kind of Pizzagate. Which is what? Pizzagate was the conspiracy theory in 2016, I want to say. It was a conspiracy theory that like Hillary Clinton and John Podesta and like Democrats, essentially, they were hiding children for a child trafficking ring in the basement of a pizza parlor. Um, And it led to somebody going and shooting up that pizza parlor. Uh, That pizza parlor does not have a basement. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Like it was based off of like weirdly interpreting Hillary's emails and just the typical kind of conspiracy theory, like hunting through miscellaneous things and, and assigning patterns that don't necessarily actually exist. It's not a new myth, right? Like what it is, is it's, it's blood libel which is from the Middle Ages. And basically it's the idea that Jews uh, murder Christian children to use their blood in rituals. And we see QAnon evolve into that. Back when QAnon started, everybody was LARPing a lot, which I don't know if you know what that is. It's live action role-playing. It's kind of like it was a a game style uh, that was occurring on 4chan. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of different types of Anons. So it wasn't just QAnon, right? There was like CIA Anon, where somebody was pretending to be an individual in the CIA. QAnon is just another one of the, the, like those, it just happened to get picked up. So Q is a, supposedly is an individual who has, quote, like I'm doing heavy air quotes, uh, like Q security clearance, which I guess is tied to the, um, it's tied to like a department of energy clearance. It's not that special. 
Yeah, so the the story that Q was going with was that they have the security clearance and there's all these pedophiles in the government and the deep state. So like there's this cabal of pedophiles and the deep state's working with them and Trump is this godlike figure who is going to drain the swamp, get rid of the pedophiles that are running the country, all of that. Um, but it starts as the same sort of anon situation, like LARPing situation that was common. It just happened to get picked up. Um, I see. So it like went viral somehow and people started adding to the, the, the myth of it or something. Yeah, it got out of hand. <laughs> it really did. Like it, it just, it picked up and with, right? This is the part where I can't speculate too much because there's just so much that we don't know. Like one of the things, for instance, that we know for certain is that the the person controlling the Q account, um, because there's like a trip code associated with it. So you can like track because all, all posts are anonymous, but you can track like who posted basically. And the person switched at one point. So it is not the same person that wow. originally started posting. And the, the style of writing switch, like that's very much accepted as, as far as like who it like officially is. Nobody knows for certain. Everybody has different theories. It doesn't even matter that much because like it's so beyond the who Q is and who's posting where it's it's a whole religion at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's like not that exciting of a story anymore because it's just so much bigger than than its origin story. Yeah. As are I was, most religion. Conspiracy theories become like a slippery slope very quickly. Yeah. And there's people who are like conspiracy theorists about this conspiracy theory, right? Because they're like, there's yeah. there's a lot of different theories about who could possibly be behind it and what their intent is. And I'm willing to wager that like usually like most things are just kind of accidents that fall into place. Like I don't think the first person who ever posted it had some sort of like crazy malicious intent that like knew it would get here. Mm -hmm. Now, like a lot of people have used it because they have like malicious intents at this point, but like that first person to be Q, I don't think the origin was oh, I'm going to like really destroy the world with this one. <laughs> right, right. That that feels right to me. And that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. And so within that, my question is like, what are Q's primary claims? I know that there's like a million things that are kind of attached to it now, but mm-hmm. what are Q's primary claims? Primary claim is that there's this like satanic cabal that is running a child trafficking ring and they've been controlling the world for years. And- generally accepted in their main myth is that they are also harvesting chemical from the children that they are trafficking so that they can have life extending powers from it. Yeah. So that's, and it's, it's exactly blood libel, right? It's nothing new. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a combination of blood libel, which is like the anti-Semitic myth from I think it started in the 12th century, and then the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which is uh, anti-Semitic disinformation published in Russia in 1903 that got translated, and it was in like spread everywhere. It went like the 1903 equivalent of viral, and it was a f- completely fake document about like a meeting of Jews trying to control the world. It was just there to be anti-Semitic. And then our good old friend, Henry Ford, went and printed and distributed half a million copies in the U.S. 
Damn. And that's basically, yeah. So that's why so many conspiracy theories end up being anti-Semitic is because it's really like that, like the protocols of the elders of Zion is like the foundation of most conspiracy theories. And it's, and it seems like a lot of people get into this stuff and they have no idea about the history, of course, but they also have no idea that it's expressly anti-Semitic until they're already indoctrinated. Eh? It's like, it's like hard to, to hold space for like, where is the connection between this and the wellness community? Like, how did, how did they get infiltrated? You know, I mean, I think Buzzfeed published something about like Gen Z moms, like mommy bloggers are the, are the new Q sponsors or something like that. And I was like, wait, what? So what's the connection there? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different connections that can happen. First of all, with the anti-Semitism and like them not realizing till later, that's very much part of the point, right? Like nobody goes overnight and they're like, actually, I hate Jews this morning. Like that's (laughs) not how that works. Like you have to be indoctrinated into a certain type of thought before you start accepting that level of hatred. As for why QAnon has been so good at just like sucking up other communities, it's a combination of things, especially like, especially the times that we're living in, right? Like nobody's doing great right now. Mm -hmm. Like we're all looking for something to grab onto. We're all cooped up, starting to lose our minds. Like we're online all the time. There's a lot of different ways that people can get like scooped up into QAnon because QAnon is inherently, it's, it's a big tent for all conspiracy theories are welcome there, right? It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you think that like there's a dark evil force controlling the world, you're, you're in. Um, they're very inclusive in that sense. Right. So for a lot of like the moms, right? That was Save the Children, uh, which right. I think it was like this past summer, um, QAnon hashtags and words started being banned across social media, uh, rightfully because they were inciting violence. And QAnon had to switch up its its methods. So it switched to like hashtag save the children or like uh, hashtag save our children, children are sacred, those sorts of things. Mm. Um, and the idea is like this vague threat of like massive child trafficking panic where, oh my God, like hundreds of thousands of children are being trafficked in this country all the time in like numbers that don't make sense. Um, all of their stats are complete bogus. Like they're bullshit stats. Right. Uh, they just pull numbers from random things. If, if you're lucky, you can even figure out like how they got that into misinformation, but like sometimes it's just it's made like up. Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. And then where that goes is like, oh, they're harvesting like this chemical so that you know, they can live forever. And that's what it ends up as. But it starts as like a genuine concern, right? It's trying to cap capitalize on your good intentions. And who mm-hmm. doesn't hate child sex trafficking, right? Like that's, Absolutely. that's not a political issue. <laughs> yeah. And I think also, you know, so many people who are marginalized don't trust the government and, you know, or don't trust conventional religion. And so I can see as you're kind of unpacking this, how once you kind of don't trust the system, you start looking around the internet for ideas or theories about what you can trust or what the government's really trying to do. And it's complicated because being critical of the government is not a bad thing. But mm-hmm. then what you're what you're sharing, it's like it's it's like as I'm listening to it, some of it sounds so ridiculous and some of it sounds like, oh, it is a slippery slope. Like how yeah. do you know the difference, right? 
Yeah, it's tricky. And it's intentionally done that way, right? Like if the conspiracy theories were complete fiction, right? They had no grains of truth. There would be no pathway to get people into them. But you do, like they're, they have grounding concepts, right? Like there is real corruption. Yes, there is yeah. sexual abuse. Those things exist. Mm -hmm. uh, is it because of a secret satanic cabal? No. no. Like yeah. is sexual abuse like a giant, like massive child trafficking ring? No, it's, it's the people that you live with. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, there's an abuse cycle and these things are very complicated. <laughs> and instead of accepting that things are complicated and that they're chaotic and unpredictable, it is so much more comforting to go be like, no, it's that cabal over there. Trump will arrest them. We just have to believe hard enough in Trump. Right. Right. So how does one, knowing that this exists, and this might be a question you don't have an answer for and no one does, but like, how can we use words like awakening, which a lot of people for all of time are like, I want to have a spiritual awakening. You know, I am, I am engaged in my spiritual wellness. Like, how can we be careful about, about our conduct online if they're using words like awakening and that's like some sort of slippery slope gateway drug to Jews are trying to eat my children? Mm -hmm. It's tough because they are like, especially from the spirituality community, right? They, they are just stealing stuff. Like they have taken over like a lot of like vibrational sorts of things, a lot of like astrology, I'm sure you know. And then there's this intersection as well, this historical intersection between like new age spirituality and fascism, like Nazism, um, mm -hmm. like the, the Nazis were kind of famously very spiritual and new agey and it can kind of even take you into like a more modern like eco-fascism as well where like you know you only want pure things in your body you know like mm -hmm. that, you know how like that QAnon guy the what's his name Jake the one with the horns the guy who only eats organic foods in jail I remember him yes, yes. yeah but like, like that comes back to like just putting pure things in your body. And that is very deeply tied with like this blood and soil myth of, of from Nazis. So it's tough. Like those things, it's not a new intersection that has been there for a very long time <laughs> at this point. Wow. Uh, but QAnon is particularly good at just kind of taking words and appropriating them into their narrative uh, look what they did with the word woke. I mean, nothing. Ah! Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really remarkable. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, because actually up until like a week ago, I didn't know that astrology and Q had been like, there was like any kind of connection until I was exposed to an astrologer who was like, uh, COVID is a hoax and was anti-mask. And yeah. I was, I was stunned. Um, I was really shocked. And I mean, I shouldn't be, but I, I don't really consume astrology and spirituality very much online. And so it's easy for me to kind of like live in my little bubble because this stuff is, is happening online, right? It's mm -hmm. so, yeah. So this is really so, so helpful for us to hear about. You've, you've given me a very difficult question of like, how do we determine what is where on this slope? When people fall into these rabbit holes, it's because they are seeking something. They're seeking to learn about something, right? Like you're most at risk for disinformation when you 
know what you don't know. So you're going looking for some sort of information. It's, it's less of a stumble upon and more of like you are trying to learn fundamentally, like you want stability, right? Like you want to feel safe and secure. And right now in a chaotic world where like everything's a mess, people don't feel safe and secure. Yeah. Add into that, like you might be looking for a, a stronger sense of identity. And if you don't have a strong sense of identity, what you're going to end up being drawn to a lot of the time is somebody telling you what your identity is. Mm-hmm. Um, and a really good rule of thumb, and I know that this is like super vague, but like if anybody is telling you what your identity is, like run away. Like <laughs> That's a great rule of thumb. That's a, and it's, but it's very complicated, isn't it? Because, and it's something I talk about on the podcast uh, a lot, this thing of like, when you feel a strong way and you encounter a message that emboldens and makes you feel entitled to those feelings, you know, like I feel terrible, everything is bad. It's because of those people. It's something to be really suspicious of as well, because there's like, it's it's difficult to be a critical thinker. And I think like in this world where we have Google, where like everything's on the first page of your results and it's fed to you based on your algorithms, it kind of induces more of a laziness in our thought process. And these algorithms, I really, I can't help but wonder if they're, you know, the the dear friend of Q and all these conspiracy theories because they feed you what it learns you want to see. Is that, is that right? Oh, algorithms like are definitely a huge part of it. You know, it's, it's not the kind of thing that we can point to a single source and be like, it's because of algorithms or like, it's because of COVID. It's like, no, it's so many things at once, right? It's just the perfect timing that just scooped everything up and was like, here, have a shit show, right? But like the algorithms, they are there to maximize watch time. And if they figure out that what you enjoy watching is this thing that is essentially just like the equivalent of like unhealthy comfort food, Mm -hmm. Um, that is not fact. It is not good for your brain. It does not help you to think. In fact, it like is diminishing your ability to, to critically think about things, but it'll keep showing you that. And because you liked it, it'll continue to show you more and more radical things. And this is like the the problem with the YouTube, like alt-right pipeline, right? Is like, we, we know this about algorithms. Last night I started a new TikTok on a separate phone just to see if I acted like a teenage boy, how long it would take me to like start getting exposed to radical content. I would say within 20 minutes, I was told there were only two genders. Within 30 minutes, it was uh, all abortion is murder. And within about an hour, it was disabled people shouldn't be able to hold office. (gasps) I am shocked. I can't, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time moving past disabled people shouldn't hold office like that. I'm like stunned yeah. at that statement. It was, I, I couldn't believe that I had seen that either. It's hard to say how much they meant it. It's still disgusting either way. And yeah. Yeah. And it did not take long. Right. Like that was just me pretending like I was just swiping, like I was a boy and like, I was like liking conservative things. Like, wow. Happens. 20 minutes. That's really, really well, valuable yeah. ish. Right. Even if it took two hours, I mean, that it's still too much. Yeah. It's, it's shocking. You know, I mean, because I've not been fed any of that content because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not swiping or clicking or staying engaged by anything like that. So it's just really a good reminder that we do have to be really careful. You can go in like three clicks from like certain algorithm algorithms 
I know YouTube used to be like, you could go in like three clicks from like Joe Rogan to extremist white supremacy. Like it's so fast. It's so fast. The Black Fairy Godmother Foundation, founded by Simone Gordon, is a nonprofit organization created to help Black and Brown marginalized families. This foundation uses the power of networking and social media to connect families in need with people who can help. Visit theblackfairygodmother.info to get more information. Through their initiatives, you can adopt a family by sharing a fundraiser or wish list throughout your community and signal boosting on social media. You can also join the birthday fundraiser where you use your birthday celebration to make a difference by choosing a fundraiser to promote among your friends and family. Contact the Black Fairy Godmother to receive a fundraiser assignment, learn more information, and support their work. QAnon is big everywhere. So everywhere. QAnon is in, it's in 85 countries 85 at the countries. In Europe, from what I've seen, from the research I've seen, it tends to be more anti-government, um, anti-COVID laws, but also some COVID denial, a lot of anti-masks, uh, masks, a lot of anti-vax. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do also see like the traditional narrative in, like incorporated. Um, mm-hmm. and each country does its own spin on it, but it's a lot of like, you know, like the typical New World Order, cabal, uh, that is pretty consistent. Oh, especially in, in Europe, it's it's a lot of anti-authority and right. COVID struggles. And would you also say that this is paired with a rise in anti-Semitism or is it like more kind of like under the surface still? I would not say it's overt. I'd say they're more overtly anti-immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Jews are brought in as like the the puppet masters who are bringing the immigrants in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a lot of anti-immigrant sentiment. QAnon fundamentally creates an in-group and an out-group. And that out-group is committing a crime, supposedly, it's not, but like supposedly committing a crime so heinous that it justifies violence. And that's how we get people storming the Capitol, right? Because they sincerely believe, like those people sincerely believe that there are evil people, like hurting children for fun. They believe that. And of course that motivates violence, right? That's the exact like type of ideology that, that leads to extremist violence it leads to terrorism because Mm -hmm. it makes people feel like they have nothing to lose like the cause is so important to stop that that they will resort to violence Mm. um the other thing that we haven't talked about and that because like we've talked about like the fact that these things are designed to make you angry and to make you hateful which is true but it's not exclusively that because there are other positives that they offer in the sense like specifically with like a sense of community. Mm. And I think that that's also pretty big in the spirituality community and like the health and wellness world, right? Like they have these like communities where they can go to and they're all partaking in the same consistently more extreme measures of health and wellness or spirituality if they're going down that path, but they are doing it together. Um, they have a, a lot of connection. So like I spend a lot of time in like QAnon group chats and like they're friends with each other. It is providing them with a connection that they might not have. That's a really important point. 
when you don't, when you feel disconnected, which everyone does in COVID, right? And when you feel disconnected, when you feel lonely or confused, having a community say, hey, girl, you're doing okay. I've got your back. I see this like devil cabal and we are against it because we are the light. Like yeah. that, that is very soothing, actually. Yeah, they're literal, like they're, they're like go-to slogan is where we go when we go all, right? Like they're constantly repeating that and like they will constantly repeat it to each other. What um, is that? Will you say that term again? I've never heard it before. Yeah, it's where we go when we go all. It's WWG1, WWGA. Uh, they like, oh. well, right. If you ever see those written out, that's, that's QAnon for sure. And it's, uh, it's kind of like coded language of like, we're in this together, right? We're in this like apocalyptic religion together mm. where like we are the light, they are the darkness. It's very much reaffirming your belonging in that community. They are constantly affirming it. Is there anything else that you feel like we should we should know or any kind of like advice you want to give to the people, the people who consume the woo? You, you can't just trust every influencer you see, even if you've been following them for years, like they might be getting radicalized. Like they might be posting things to their stories. That is how a lot of this is spreading is through like people with platforms sharing this information. So be critical of that. I mean, this is so helpful. And I will add to that, that if at any point you've listened to, you know, something that either of us have said, and you're thinking, and you got really defensive, that's a great place to like linger, hang out a while, like explore your defensiveness. If you're feeling defensive, if you feel really protective of some of your beliefs or, um, you know, your relationship to some influencer, some content, like hang out there and be interested in your defensive feelings. Because generally when we feel defensive, it's like a scab on some other difficult to feel emotions and therefore a great place to be interested and investigative so that we don't kind of build that scab and then build something in front of the scab and we forget that we were defensive and we kind of skipped over critical thought, you know? So that's like an important step in all this. I think that's the key is to notice when you have those feelings that you'd rather push past, whether they're defensiveness or fear or anger, and really linger there, be interested in those feelings, because that's the way you maintain critical thought around something that touches your heart and that provokes feelings, right? I've learned so much and probably more than I wanted to know about this fucking terrible <laughs> situation so that we're all in. So no, I, I thank you. I thank you so much. It's really been so helpful. Can you tell the people where they can find you on the intranet? Yes, on the intranet. I am uh, on TikTok at, at Tofology. <laughs> T O F-O-L-O-G-Y, Tophology. Yes. And then I'm on Instagram at Abby S-R, A-B-B-I-E-S-R, and Twitter, Abby A-S-R, A-B-B-I-E-S-R. And if you couldn't track any of that, because she just talks so fast, uh, it's all going to be in show notes. In terms yeah. of, you know, people who are like, this is all really scary. I don't know how to protect myself. I think it's it's really important to stay critical of the content you're being fed and to know that in part, how you actively engage with, things on TikTok, things on YouTube, it encourages algorithms. It encourages what you're shown. Um, and that that is something yeah. that we can take some measure of responsibility around our online conduct. There are ways that people can improve their media literacy, right? Like there's online courses, first of all, that I like definitely recommend people, people take. 
that teach media literacy. I know like Crash Course on YouTube did like a free one. How do we navigate this? And, and there isn't a clear answer. It's just being willing to be a critical thinker and to be suspicious of anyone who's leading with fear, hate, or blame. I mean, if they are trying to make you feel like there's something else in control, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's where I think part of the line is fuzzy when you get into spirituality is like, when it comes to their radicalization, right, as they like fall down a rabbit hole, because like a lot of people can just do one thing and stop. We're talking mm-hmm. about the people who like are the ones falling down the rabbit hole and like can't stop. And the reason why they can't stop is because they are trying to fill something in their life. They're trying to get an answer. I, OK, so let's let me just stay with this for a minute, because this is really important any astrologer is going to be, you ask a question and we tell you, oh, this is not a great time to move. This is a terrible time to have a kid. Wait six months. Like there is confusion, I imagine, for people listening to this because it's impossible to pursue anything spiritual, whether it's really conventional or really out there without being open to guidance. And what you're talking about is so important because I think I even saw some sort of like diagram you created where It was like in the like where you start to get into trouble included astrology. My first response was like, what's that? No. And then I was like, actually, absolutely. Because how do you have discernment with, let's say, something like astrology? Unless you've become a scholar of a thing or a deep practitioner of a thing, you have to rely on other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, what I see happening is there's a lot of very kind of academic breakdowns of Q and conspiracy theories, but a lot of people who are vulnerable to conspiracy theories aren't coming at it from an academic place at all. No, coming no. from a feeling emotional. place, yeah, it's strictly emotional. emotional. And so the the kind of need for emotional intelligence and discretion, and to continue to bring it back in your thinking. And I'm saying this in general, but also like if you are listening to me, to bring it back in your thinking to this is information. What do I think of this information? What's my gut check? What's my common sense check? And this is, it is really hard because like you said, so many of us, we just, when we feel shitty, when we feel scared, all we want is an answer. We want somebody to be like, it's going to be okay. I want to hold space for, it's also confusing because you're hearing this on an, it's confusing period. And then you're hearing hearing it on an astrology podcast where I'm like doing all this woo stuff and there isn't a simple answer. And I think this is part of what makes people so vulnerable to an online campaign of terror and, and conspiracy because all these things kind of bleed into each other and there isn't this simple, easy remediation, right? Oh no, you're right. It's a, it's a very, we're in very like muddy waters right now. Right. I think because like there, I, there's no like definitive answer I can give on like how to avoid in the spirituality community. Cause like it is just like everywhere, but at the same time, like if somebody is giving you answers that are overly simplistic, mm. right. If the answer is, oh, it's them or like, oh, it's not your fault. It's this, like it's X, Y, Z. I think that no matter what, you should always be skeptical of that. Yeah. 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 Personal accountability and critical thinking as hard as they can be are really like the centerpiece of any healthy spirituality or any healthy online like having online hygiene. I mean, we have to be critical thinkers. And and one of the things that QAnon is specifically is like especially good at, right? Is like if there's a data void, they will hijack that space so that if you search something, 
doesn't matter where, there's no, there's nothing else with those terms. So you will find QAnon. So Who's they, they? Will, like no, influencers, no. people creating the content, okay. like people trying to push people, believers, right? Like they have like, a, they essentially create these like air quote digital soldiers because um, they believe it so strongly that they feel like it is like a moral imperative to be online activists mm. or like citizen journalists. So that is a, a big problem. It's tough because there's the right, like their concerns are not unfounded. They just reach the wrong conclusion. Yes, um, yeah. Right. Like there are issues with media. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that like necessarily there's a secret group controlling them that like in, in same with like corruption, right? Like there is a lot of corruption and like a lot of this is just coming from frustration with capitalism, right? Like yeah. capitalism has failed people yeah, and people don't understand why because they've been told like, this is the American dream. If you work hard enough, it'll work for you. You will be able to retire and have kids and you'll be happy and you'll have a, you know, you'll have this like sense of identity. And now we live in a world where, first of all, your identity that used to be tied to your job is much less secure, mm -hmm. but also this American dream that you were promised doesn't actually exist. And that frustration is going to send people looking for an answer of like, why? Why wasn't that, was what I was told not true? Why did that mm -hmm. not happen? Because a lot of like QAnon is just like this dualism of good versus evil. Mm -hmm. It's rooted deeply in evangelical Christianity. All of the fears, right? If you think about the entire moral panic currently created around this like myth of this massive sex trafficking uh, ring that exists supposedly in the US. Mm. Um, it's almost identical to like the satanic panic of like the 80s. Um, it's a moral panic. It's inspired by evangelical Christianity. Um, there are people with political power who certainly gain from uh, more people believing in that. Um, they can maintain power. There's finances behind that, right? Like the church is making a lot of money and they want more people to be believing in evangelical Christianity. Um, but it's a lot about this apocalyptic mm. um, fantasy of right. this awakening that we all have after Trump arrests everybody uh, and the evil is purged from the world and mm. we all can live in a golden age. Right. Right. If you would like to learn more about Q and about basically the roadmap of online and social entry points, including language that's been appropriated by Q so that you can kind of take better care of yourself online, go ahead and follow Abby on TikTok or Instagram. I have linked her ads over in show notes so you can find her that way. And, you know, now I want to talk to you a little bit about how to engage with this stuff. If you yourself are running into QAnon ideas and you're not sure how to navigate that, or you have somebody close to you, somebody that you love who's dabbling deeply or lightly in these ideas. So one really important rule of thumb is to know that science is real right? This is such an important, and I know it sounds maybe very simple, but but it is really important. Science can be politicized, but science is not political. Science is real. 
I think that the use of common sense is really important when dealing with spirituality, but it's also a little bit tricky, right? Because what kind of common sense is involved in astrology, in psychic shit? I don't know. It gets it gets tricky, right? It gets tricky pretty quickly. I want to say emphatically, and this is a bit of a reiteration, but there are not simple answers to systemic problems. And I think that the risky thing that we can all look out for when dealing with con spirituality, which is like conspiracy theory based spirituality, is that it often points to really simple solutions to systemic problems, you know, blaming one group of people, whether that's, you know, an ethnic group, which usually it eventually does, right? Uh, Or like the media or the government. It's really not that simple. Very few systemic, complex things, if any, are actually able to be broken down in such simple terms. While QAnon ideas and influencers and writing can often encompass lots of things that are actually great and that makes sense for you and me and that are, as Abby was talking about, rooted in truth. QAnon's foundation is in anti-Semitism and white supremacy. And as she says, it all ends in violence. And so it's important to stay vigilant around conspiracy theory stuff to make sure that you are not losing yourself, losing your ethical and moral center in your investigation spiritually, and that you are not seeking quick or easy answers for these really complicated and exhausting times. Now, if it's not you who's at risk with Q, but instead you have friends or family who have fallen down some rabbit hole that is uh, conspiracy theory-esque and centers in any way on, uh, you know, you'll never understand your sheep or any of the kind of stuff where it is kind of predicated on this idea that no one understands except for the special people who do understand how X group of people is secretly at blame. And, you know, we have a savior and that one savior is going to come and fix everything. When we have people who have fallen into the, the clutches of Q or conspiracy theories, I want to give a little bit of advice about how to cope with it. And the first thing is don't try to convince anyone to come around to your way of thinking, because essentially what you're doing is you're invalidating what they believe and the information they've seen. And as, you know, Abby and I were just talking about when you're online and you are clicking through information that uh, that goes in a particular direction, you're only going to be shown information that reaffirms that information that takes you down that path. So, you know, anyone who's really certain of a theory that they've learned online, they probably actually feel like they have a lot of evidence because they've seen it on YouTube, they've read it, whatever. So don't try to convince someone to believe what you believe, but instead connect with them. Remind them of your personal connection, your personal love and care for each other. That might mean bringing up memories and redirecting conversation away from conspiracy theory stuff. It's about not engaging with something that you know you're going to disagree on. And in particular, do not make fun of people 
do not make little of people for believing something that you may think is really, really wrong. Because as soon as you shit on someone else's beliefs, they are absolutely not going to listen to you anymore, you know? And this is something that I actually talked about on the podcast in episode 160. It's called Hearts and Minds. I answered a question for a listener whose family member they strongly disagreed with. And I gave advice about how to deal with defensiveness. And this is a really important thing because most of us, when we engage with defensiveness in ourselves or in other people, we have a tendency to want to explain, you know, explain, explain, defend, defend. And that doesn't really work. It's important to understand the emotions underneath why a person believes what they do or acts the way they do. And in order to truly listen to someone else, honestly, you've got to approach them without judgment. You've got to approach them with some measure of love. And that can be really hard if you are being hurt by their beliefs or if you have an ongoing dynamic where they're alienating you or being cruel towards you. Now, I'm not encouraging anyone to put themselves in a place where you're getting harmed by a family member or a friend at all. But if you have someone that you're close to and you want to reach them and you feel that you are maybe losing them to conspiracy theory stuff or you see that they're kind of like slipping down a rabbit hole, it's really important to ask questions. It's really important to connect with them personally, not convince them of anything. Once you're connected, once you have an emotional an emotionally affirmed connection, then you can start asking questions. Then you can start investigating. It's really not about forcing facts on people because in today's world with conspiracy theories and propaganda as it is, there's just, you know, a limitless amount of data, noise, 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 noise. It's not about facts. It is about feelings. And so it's important to first approach your family members or friends with as much kindness and empathy as you can and to listen before you decide what you need to say to them. Listen to what it is that they are concerned about. Because if it is that someone believes that COVID is fake, okay, ask a lot of questions. Ask where they get the information. Ask how they feel about it. You know, ask a lot of questions. Be interested. Listen to their answers. And maybe don't give them any new information in that particular conversation. Because something that tends to happen within conspiracy theories is that people feel really defensive of being told that they're wrong. And this is part of the thing. It's like us against them. And so as soon as you're like, yeah, you're wrong because, unfortunately, you are making yourself into them. And there's an us against them thing happening, right? And so these are approaches where you just practice listening and building or rebuilding trust with a family member so that you are not just about good versus evil, us against them, but instead your relatives, your friends, your people who care about each other and you want to understand each other and you want to communicate and you want to be heard. And that will oftentimes take time. It's a long game strategy instead of a short term strategy. It's not something you can always fix in a conversation. And, you know, through my whole investigation into Q and conspiracy theories and my conversation with Abby Richards, what I keep on coming up against over and over again is that there is no simple solution here. There's no quick fix. And that a lot of people have fallen prey to QAnon 
and other conspiracy theories that are actually like on the surface and at the beginning, not inherently problematic, but they kind of end up sucking you into something that is at its core really violent and hate-based. And it's incumbent upon us as individuals, but also as a community, as a society, to care for each other, to look out for each other. The internet is this mammoth place, and it is filled with influencers, people who have influence. (laughs) It's hard to be a critical thinker all the time. None of us are doing that. Who could? Who has the energy to constantly be critical? When you are constantly critical, doesn't that become its own vulnerability? right? So there is not a simple answer. There's not an easy answer. There's not a one size fits all answer. But what there is, is a need for us to continue to return to this conversation to check in with our defensiveness, to check in with our assumptions, to make sure that we are using the internet responsibly, and engaging with our spiritual values and interests responsibly. And to know that in order to do that, We need to keep on checking back in and also to cultivate a certain level of emotional intelligence and self-awareness that allows us to sit with our defenses, to sit with our uncomfortable feelings or with the fact that maybe we fell down a rabbit hole for a couple of weeks where we just lost track of our values or we started seeking simple answers and getting really caught up in pointing fingers at a specific group that we now realize is not actually how we feel and it doesn't check. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to make a mistake. It's not weakness to acknowledge those things. We're all learning, we're all growing, and we are all going through an unprecedented time. Be gentle with yourself, be generous with others. Every year they say the 